0: Bad, immoral, and wrong. This is
1: the Modern Eater Show.
2: piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. Come and
1: get it. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman.
3: I'm loving this one.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Live from Liberati
3: <laughs> Restaurant and Brewery, 25th in Tampa. It's a good one. It's a party. It's a grape stomp party, Brian. It is
1: a grape stomp. People are pulling back their pulling off their boots, pulling back their pants and jumping into these grapes like it's nobody's business. I love to see that all day every day.
3: Usually you embellish everything that you say, but this time, man, you're <laughs> you're right on the money. You're taking off your boots, pulling up you know, whether you come in a skirt or some shorts or or jeans and roll them up. Uh, it's all in the family tonight in the grape stomp party here at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. Alex Liberati is going to join us here momentarily. But this is a project we've been working on for quite some time. Uh, Jay Parker, Kenyon George, hey. Dave Brian Freeman, alongside of Greg Hollenbach tonight. And we're just having a good time in the Mile High City. You're in store for a treat tonight as I share this to our Facebook page and uh, we, we're
1: streaming live also on Facebook. It, it, full value, Brian, right? Get the- oh, I would, I would encourage everyone. Tonight's one of those nights you want to see what is going on down here because, quite honestly, as I look around the room, people are just having fun. We're, we're engaging in a local spirit called food, right? Uh- I yep. mean,
3: Yep, that's right. So we're going to cover a lot of things, but we want to highlight this project that we're working on here. And basically it's brewing an Ono beer with grapes sourced from Palisade, Colorado, which we took a little trip. You're going to hear all about this story. It's a love story is what I say that it is. And all the love for Colorado. I want to jump Jay Parker into this conversation right now, Jay. Working hard, first of all. Thank you, Jay. Hey, you're welcome. There he is, Alex Liberati. He's coming around putting his headset on. Oh, he's... Sure, we'll we're just holding live radio. We're show. getting the
1: update. Hey, hey, right here, Alex Liberati's coming to us, and he's telling us. Hey, Alex,
3: us, take this headset and tell everybody how when you'll be back. Here you go.
1: I'll be back in just 15 minutes, people. <laughs> I, I love that he is managing the grapes stomp that is going on outside of these uh, gated of, walls. Speaking that of grape stomps, I
0: think that that's a good enough segue to throw up some video. Uh, of the grape stomps that was happening earlier. If, you, uh, if you're if you an earshot, go to our Facebook live broadcast right now and watch these uh, awesome people. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> I've never seen grape stomping up live, you guys. And I'll tell you what, it's different than I expected. I don't know what I expected, I guess. It's right? not everything but, you ever but wanted? It, but it's just it's not what I expected. What did you expect, Jay? I don't know. I just said I don't know what I expected. But looking at it, I go, I didn't expect it to
1: look like that. Well, I'll tell you, in the old day, it looks was a, it a much looks, bigger, looks, uh, looks a little, uh, much bigger vessel that they were all jumping around in. It looks a, lo- um, it, so it, was, it looks a little more
0: um, oatmealish, you know, in there with the grapes, <laughs> you know, oatmealish. And uh, but these people were going nuts; they were stomping the the heck out of these grapes.
3: I, it's one of those things you jump into this bucket because it so it's out, laid out, and we have uh, buckets with, I think we. Carted in a thousand, eight hundred pounds, a thousand pounds of grapes from Palisade, Colorado. Alex Liberati, just to paint the picture, is back in the brewery, divide, divvying up these grapes into individual buckets for stomping, right? And then they lay them out, I don't know, six deep. And, and folks up against the railing. But you go in and, and, you know, people think about, oh, my God, you're putting your feet in the graves. It's not sanitary. Though. He's got it under control. So he's sanitizing everybody's feet before they go in. Yep. So spray them down, put them into some sanitizer, and then they get into these buckets. I'll tell you what, the folks that have been these buckets, there's not
1: one frown on anybody's face. No, they're <laughs> having a great time. I, I love to see it. And I was out there talking with some of them. Greg, and it was funny how enthusiastic some of the people who were <laughs> stomping those grapes because you'd look in some of them and they were like foaming that they were jumping. The grapes themselves were foaming that uh, these people were jumping so hard on them and moving their feet so fast. I thought that that was good.
3: Tonight uh, is a full house at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. It's actually not too late. If you want to come down to 25th and Champa Street, right in the heart of Rhino, Uh, You can get into this event and have some fun with us, but the highlights of this event just don't stop at the grape stomping. Um, Josh Nuremberg traveled all the way from Grand Junction and Bin 707, taco party, dinner party, um, all those great establishments that Josh owns in Grand Junction. Brings over his scratch-to-table concepts. Locked and loaded the whole menu in Grand Junction, a great prep area that he has brought it to Denver. People are uh, feasting on delicious
1: bites right now from Josh Nuremberg. I would tell you if you're around um, the neighborhood at 40 bucks, I would still jump into this all day long, because the reality is, is did you hear what Alex said? Hey, if you came here and you bought a ticket, you're gonna all the beer you won't get to try, whether it's our Uno Seco or not, I'm going to give you a taste of what Liberati downtown Denver has to offer.
3: And it's like one of those, uh, uh, there's more. That's not it. There's more. Um, truly, there is more because Carlton Vineyards, from who supplied us the grapes, Brian, yeah. in Palisade, Colorado, is down here as well with their delicious Colorado wines. Now, a, a lot of times you'll hear Colorado Vineyard, right? Uh, not yeah, so much. These right, guys, yeah, they're growing anymore. their own grapes. Uh, everything is truly Colorado here for this project. So what's the project, Brian? The project is is that we're brewing this delicious Ono beer. What's an Ono beer? Do you know? I know. Jay, tells what it is. Jay, Jay, Jay Parker. Jumping here. in
0: here. An Ono beer, to my understanding, and as I say this and now, I, think it's an now N- I doubt myself. N-O, N-O, N-O beer. Yeah, you're yeah. right. N-O beer is a beer-wine hybrid, and the reason why it's a hybrid is because it's a beer, but it's made with grapes, and, and typically speaking, you don't make beer with grapes.
1: Am I, does that sound you're right? Correct. I yes, think I'm right. Yes, you are correct. Right? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not all later. grapes, and that's the whole thing that everyone needs to uh, know about it because I think a lot of people, and I wish Alex was here to really explain it, but I think once you say to somebody, oh, it's made with grapes, they start going down a, a bad trail, and that's not really the case with, with these beers because I think that these beers are really unique is you're going to get a beer that might have something on the back end of that beer that is more like a barrel taste that you're getting out of, you know, I mean— Look at so many of these collaborations that all of our brewers are doing with whiskey barrels. Alex is just doing it with the wine barrel.
3: So this beer will take about a, a year to come to fruition. And in one year's time, here's what I'm really excited about. We'll, we'll actually invite you to join us in Grand Junction, Colorado at Bin 707 we'll, when we'll have the first release of this beer. And it'll come with us and, and just looking forward to it. So Alex Liberati, the Roman, who's back there right now, uh, hosting the grape stomping, I love this that we have on Facebook. Actually, a camera. Is that our intern, uh, Kenyon George, running around with G- the camera?
0: Georgie boy's running around with a camera. I like it. I hey like man, it. I, <laughs> I love it. I'll tell you what, that's something I've always wanted. Is is somebody to, to go around with a camera, you know? That was and, a and great le- idea that you have. And let's be let's be. Now all the great ideas are are Greg's and yours, but. Uh, and let's be honest, I can't have Dave do it, you know, because Dave stops and he's eating. <laughs> you know, the next thing you know, he's just he's showing a barrel for he's 10 minutes. He's
3: engaged with the party. Richie Snyder joined the live stream. Richie, stop working, my friend. Come on down here. It's Liberati Restaurant and Brew. We, we right right take,
1: around the corner from Roccalita's Tortillas.
3: I know it is right down in Rhino. So we'll see Richard Snyder here uh, shortly. And uh, just a great night. We're going to talk to all of these great collaborators and Josh Nuremberg. We've also got Root and Malting and Dan Galvegni, Gal- Galvany, something Galvani. like that. Come and uh, really, truly, it's going to be a great night. So we look forward to uh, talking about this more. We're going to take a quick break from Liberati's and be back in a flash right here on the Modern Eater Show.
4: So what's the deal with Belgian beers? Why are they so popular? Well, for starters, Belgium is a country the size of Maryland that produces more than 800 different beers, the greatest number of original beer styles on the planet, and they are amazing. At Brews Beers, badass Belgian-style beers are our thing, and we do them like no one else. All the classics, like doubles, triples, quads, and wit beers, plus our own Belgian-inspired creations, sour beers, fruit beers, and wood-aged beers. Bruce Beers is at 67th and Pecos in Midtown. We have food trucks daily or bring in whatever you like, including your dog, who is always welcome inside or outside on our large patio. Check us out on social media or on our website at BrewsBeers.com. That's Bruce Beers, B-R-U-Z, at 1675 West 67th Avenue, just 10 minutes north of downtown. The place to go for badass Belgian-style beers. Hey
1: Colorado, this is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at GrowersOrganic.com.
5: Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com.
3: Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of For My Brother Luck and Lucky Dumplings. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio.
1: Oh my G. Oh my double G. Are you serious? Tonight is so fun. Listen, if, if you're not seeing these remote cameras, jump onto Facebook Live. It's the Modern Eater.
3: Colorado Harvest Grape Stomp Party tonight at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery, 25th and Champa Street. Uh, These folks are having fun, but why not? I mean, you've got the uh, Anno beers, you've got the wine, you've got uh, Josh Nuremberg and these uh, special delicious delights.
1: The food. I just had some beet dish that he did.
3: And the grape stomping is really something I didn't anticipate to be so much fun, but you're right, Brian. Uh, You need to tune into our Facebook live stream and just see uh, all that happen. I'm I'm looking at our Facebook live stream, too, right now, and they're showing Josh Nuremberg's food and that beet tartare.
4: Oh, my God,
1: out of this world. It's got a little mushroom, I mean mustard, and uh, it's got something sweet on the backside. And I'll tell you, it was just one of the tastiest things I've had tonight. We did have some very good oysters and some bacon-wrapped plums at Liberati. Hey, I'm
3: looking at the stream, and we're looking at Alex Liberati right now as we await him to come over here. But he's busy shoveling grapes in. But didn't we tell the intern to turn the camera sideways?
0: That would be uh, Dave's video. That would be Dave's video. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Dave's video. And, I, you know, it's funny. I was like, hey, Dave, I said, "Uh, it looks like you're shooting at the wrong way. And he goes, uh, ah, well, it was uh, something. There was uh, N.O. beer, and then then the light came down from this. And I was like, oh, okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, don't question him. I wish I could do the same thing sometimes, just say a zinger and then put the mic down. (laughs) Jay's busy. (laughs) Well, that's my role. Uh, Mark Whistler from the Goods is here. Heather, we've got Dan from Root Shoot Malting. We've got our intern, George. We've got Josh Nuremberg. Gigi's here. Uh, A lot of people having fun in Liberati's, but this venue is delightful. And uh, we've got some folks here in some hot pants
1: as well. No, those are definitely not hot pants. Those are some special what, leather pants. I like those.
3: What, I don't think they're leather. What qualifies as hot pants, Jay? <laughs>
0: Man, <laughs> hey, listen, different strokes for different folks. You know, your <laughs> your hot pants might be different from mine.
1: I, but, no, what, did you see the Halloween costumes? We had a cu- couple of, a lamb. Wait, was that a wolf in sheep's clothing? Is that what she was trying to be? Did you see those? I didn't Cause see Because Halloween is coming up, folks, next week here. Um, we are in the Rocky Mountain Mile High City are we Denver, Colorado. Amazing. Coming coming at you live every Saturday night here on the Modern Eater. Are you stretching? Just just out of left just out of left field. Freeman Freeman hits you with the Denver, Colorado.
0: I love it. The full um, moon. Oh, that was on. I got that on Facebook.
3: Come around here, Mark Whistler. He's got to go. All right. Oh, uh, Mark a, Whistler from the Goods. He did a mic drop too. Did they get that?
0: I think that that's going to be in there. I think that that's going to be in there. I can't wait to check back.
3: Full moon over Liberati right now. It's an interesting night. Uh, Set the stage, Jay. Here we are in the brewery area.
0: So it's Liberati Brewery, or I'm sorry, Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. And um, it's, first of all, it's a beautiful restaurant and beautiful brewery. You know, a lot of times you go into a brewery slash restaurant and they're, you know, small and it's and it's crowded. This place is spacious. The patio goes on for miles. That doesn't help us tonight because it's a little cold. But uh, you've got strangers stomping grapes together on one side of, of the brewery. You have... Um, uh, Chef Josh Nuremberg from from Grand Junction and Taco Party and Bin 707 Food Bar putting out incredible Colorado food. And what's then you have to, and then and then you have the cooking? modern eater. Yeah, I think uh, I see right Lisa
3: right now as we speak. Stomping. Stomping great.
0: She is. That's my boss right there. If you're tuned in, that's my boss I right I thought there. I was your boss. She told me, uh, yeah, my whole life is full of people that, that, that <laughs> just tell me what to do. Um, she told me that she was excited. I, now, she was like, am I going to stomp grapes? And I'm like, well, I don't know if you're going to stomp grapes. She looks like she's But she said life. that she got a pedicure and she got all dialed oh, in to get ready for it. She's having a blast. Wait, she's Let's in look and out that. just like that. Well, it's probably novelty for her. I don't think she's interested in making wine tonight, maybe consuming <laughs> a little bit.
3: I don't know if she's, knows she knows she's on our Facebook
1: feed right now, but she uh, will when I work with her. <laughs> I love that. Hey, but I got to tell you everyone here at Liberati's, downtown Denver, having a great time. Where are we again? Downtown Denver. I thought we were in the Rocky Mountains. We're in the Rocky Mountains as well as downtown Denver. You got to love it. <laughs> uh,
3: next week back in the kitchen. That will be a fantastic thing as we're going to go through the holiday stretch. There's a couple of things that uh, are on the horizon. And uh, if you would like an experience like no other in Studio Kitchen Colorado for a holiday party, we've decided to open up for the holidays for a very select few groups of people to be able to come in and have a delicious dinner featuring a chef that will serve
1: and cook right in front of you. Well, wait, here's the cool thing, folks, because rarely ever are you going to find a space where you can have any chef and you also have a partner in the industry like the Modern Eater who can invite one of the chefs in our network. And so, as we all know, everything has a price, but the reality is, is that the Studio Kitchen Colorado, you could potentially have... A top chef cooking for you and your friends. A holiday dinner that you will never forget. Yeah, right in front of you. So, yeah. you got to check that out. But on top of that, Greg, I want to say, just so every all of our listeners out there know, we have some big stuff in the works at Growers as well as the Modern Eater Kitchen because there is – we're not going to announce it tonight, but there oh, is I some know. stuff in the works that's going to blow your mind. It's going to be an experience to remember at yeah. Studio Kitchen Colorado. And
3: let's just say it'll be hands on and you'll be cooking. Yes. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll teach you how to do it. Are you good cook Alex Liberati?
1: <laughs> he's like, hey, you, "You no no no. You you'll you. you'll be back. You'll be back." <laughs> you'll you? be back. Jay is working on that. Look you, at the well, I mean, there, you uh, go, uh, there you go. Know.
6: There you go. Well, I mean it depends. I mean if we're speaking about Roman t- classical traditional <laughs> plates, yeah. Pretty good. I mean every Roman should be otherwise you can't call yourself a Roman. Can
3: you make look at Gigi Youngblood oh. and Biker Jim Pittenger getting down <laughs> in the grape there. Yeah, I love crazy. that. I mean that's what we wanted to happen
6: here tonight, oh, totally. isn't it? Oh, this is fun, man. I mean, we got was it like something like 30, 40 people to actually stomp grapes. We stomped 750 pounds of grapes in close to an hour. That was quite amazing. And so, yeah, this beer is going to turn out really interesting. I really can't wait. First of all, we've been uh, tap dancing waiting for you, Alex. I know. I know you have. Which, which is fine. And I believe me, I haven't been doodling in the corner. So, uh, yeah, but... Um, question. Yes, sir. What's a nano beer? Uh, I'm very happy that you asked that question. So, a nano beer is a beer made with grapes in the most simple of... Of ways to put it, it's a beer made with grapes. If you want to elaborate a little bit more on it, it's a beer which is made with the processes of making wine because you're using grapes of course and so you have to use those processes as well i mean think about it making wine has been going around for thousands of years and they've perfectioned and aren't you know it's not this thing you just throw grapes in a beer and it becomes an eno beer you know it's something that actually you have to you have to craft in following the same procedures that you uh, accortes not procedures the attention that you do in wine making so yes it's not necessarily a beer which is aged in a wine barrel, I mean, it, an eno beer can be that, but an eno beer has to have grapes and has to have matter and you have to deal with that. And so, yeah, we're actually trying to get it to be a um, classification, a beer style on the BJCP, so the Beer Judge uh, Certification Program. So that's. That so, but wait, sad. tell me, eno is Latin for something. Eno means pertaining to wine. Okay. So um enococcus, coccus bacteria, NO pertaining to hey, wine, it's the a family bacteria. Show here. I know, believe me, but you know, it is uh, <laughs> it's the bacteria pertaining to wine, which actually grows on grapes and converts malic, malic acid to lactic acid. Enology, for example, the science pertaining to wine. So NO beer, the beer pertaining to wine. So
3: So someone would say, okay, you like that, some somebody would say. Somebody would say, uh, you know, I love beer and I love wine. I can't quite picture them together. Is the beer going to taste like beer or is the
6: beer going to taste like wine? And that's another really good point. You know, honestly, a lot of people think that what we do is we got beer and we got wine. And we mix them together. Yeah, oh, and that you doesn't know, sound good. Yeah, and then, but people are like, oh my God, this is fantastic! What beer did you put in here? And you're like, well, because well, that's not how you do it, though. That's not You got to tell do it. the people, Alex. How do you do it? Well, you basically make a barley tea on one side, which is a wort, cold wort, which is the first part of first process of producing beer. Then you make must as we've been as we've been making tonight, and then you combine the two and you co-ferment. So beer is fermentation of wort, wine is fermentation of crushed, crushed grapes. So must, and so you basically, if you co-ferment them, you make a new beverage, which is eno beer. Describe what it tastes like. It's a duck rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen a duck rabbit? Yeah. You know, when you look at it like that as a duck, you look at it the other way, it's a rabbit. It could be both. It has some wine traits. It has some beer traits. We have a colch which has uh, 7% of... Uh uh, Pinot Grigio grapes and so it's it's really easy drinkable and you, you have much more of a uh, Kolsch character than a Pinot Grigio character but there is a little acidity to it just a mild acidity exactly like you would expect in a Pinot Grigio wine instead we have another beer which is made with 50% Malbec and that Malbec really takes the stage and it seems like more drinking a wine than a beer And we can go even more and more with a beer that's 17.5% called OxyMonster, which gets oxidized on purpose, very much like Port does or Madeira does. It gets madeirized in a certain way. Uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but I'm making it up. So madeirized in a certain way. Say it in Italian. Madeirizzato. I love it. Isn't that easier? I mean, madrilizado, you know, maderizzazione is the process, and so maderizzato would be what you know your your product is. And basically, we feed it oxygen, and we we oxidize it purposely so that it, we speed up the maturing time. And we there's there's a lot of oxidative uh, procedures that happen, basically reactions that happen, and create all these like rich plum flavors or ripe uh, ripe fruit. Flavors which are typical of a port, so that is like really like drinking a port.
3: Is it flat like wine, or is it carbonated like beer?
6: Well, we don't say flat; we say still. Actually, I've actually been corrected like that oh, okay. recently like by that. someone. I'm like, I mean, come on, I'm I'm a beer guy. I'm calling it flat, that's it. it but you
3: it, know, it, it is flat. Sort of a uh, diminishing
6: in the world port? of wine. Apparently, yes. So basically, what happens is that all wines have CO two, even the still wines. They have CO2, and they have a very minimum amount of CO2 in there, I mean, like around 80 ppm, so very, very small. But they do, and if they don't, they will be flat and flabby. Like this thing, this juice that you're drinking, which is really, doesn't really carry all the taste. CO2 is kind of important, even in a still wine. So, nano beers can be still, can be super high carbonated. Think of champagnes, for example. Champagne have a way higher carbonation than beer. We're speaking about around five volumes, you know, I mean, or even more. Bottles of champagne can get to 11 bar. 11 bar, just to get you an idea of how much that is, is 140 psi, and the the tires of your car are at 32 psi. So that's the amount of gas that's in a champagne. But that sparkling really is necessary when you have something so full of alcohol, 12%, super dry, nice and acid, the only thing that really can blend that in is CO2. And so in the world of meadow beers we go everywhere from still to champagne grade carbonation. So it's wow. you get all the beer, Range all the wine range and you know
1: it's interesting you say that Alex because w- back in the day when I was I I was a big big champagne drinker around 2000 big I would order it by the case I loved
6: it and one of the things that I noticed was the size of the bubble, yep, uh, well one of the reasons is that. It was- Big sizes of bubbles, generally. Well, especially when they're trying to race up. The reason is because obviously there's a much higher concentration of CO2 inside the liquid than there is in air, and so it's trying to escape much more vigorously. In doing so, it, it basically, when it starts from a nucleation point from the bottom, it grows because it collects all the CO2 and all the CO2 until it gets to the surface. So fun stuff. I love this. I'm knowledge I mean, Alex
3: Liberati. Well, if,
6: if you're thinking about for example size of bubbles, think about like Guinness or stouts or nitro stouts, right? So nitro, nitrogen is in air is is much more present in air than CO2. So when we make a beer with nitrogen, that nitrogen doesn't really have to escape as much as CO2, and that's why the bubbles are so small and that's why it creates that rippling effect in in the Guinness, you know, that it does that sort of a kind of, or not only Guinness, I mean, in all the beers which are actually made in nitro. You get this kind of wave effect, and that's basically the weight of the liquid that's going down and the, the nitrogen which is trying to get up, but at the same time, the equilibrium is not the same of CO2, which wants to escape really fast. It's instead escaping slowly, and so it creates that sort of uh, kind of wave effect. I learned more in the
3: last three minutes than I did all of my 11th grade. <laughs> yes. I learned all this in 11th grade, yeah. actually. It was you? a very long 11th grade. Well, there's break. where the disconnect I was. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Alex Liberati here with us, and what we do need to do is take a quick break. I want uh, Alex, can we keep you? Of course. I know you're running around. Okay. I'm we here we do back. have a quick break. Uh, yes, you are here all night. Alex Liberati with us, Brian Freeman, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, Kenyon George, our intern, Davery, our sound guy. Um, Rachel doing great work, Rachel uh, Feinberg, she's uh, here with us tonight as well. Everybody uh, trying delicious Ono beer. We got the guys from Proud Souls over here.
6: Uh, Look at that. (laughs) Proud Souls Root Shoot Malting, which supplied all the malt here. We have copious amounts of for this beer. We have barrels from Mile High Spirit where we're going to be aging some of this. It's, hey, how you doing? They're here. Chris, so. Tony, the whole band. I love it. Bringing it back together. It. They're getting Proud their
3: Barbecue. Look at that. They're about to get <laughs> in. Oh, <laughs> he's flashy <laughs> tonight. Okay, so I want to grab somebody that actually stomped grapes. Maybe we'll get Lisa. Uh, maybe we'll get somebody else. I want to hear their experience for stomping grapes. Uh, it's probably self-explanatory, but I think it does something to your mindset when you jump in that bucket, Alex. I, I didn't absolutely see, agree. I didn't see a frown on anybody's face, and it's an experience. you got to try it once in a lifetime.
6: I agree. They're kind of cold, but if you stomp vigorously, they're going to heat up. And so, you know, that's a hey, farm life, man. I love, I love seeing it. you here in it, your element it,
3: at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery, 25th and Champa, right here, part of the Rhino District. A nice little party here, and we're going to build this up. This is the inaugural Colorado Harvest Grape Stomp Party happening right here at Liberati's. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to get some of the grape stomping, but we have so many cool elements to this collaboration. Josh Nuremberg here with us. Root Shoot Malting. Carlton Vineyards where we got the grapes. We're going to talk to everybody and uh, it's going to be a great night here. Thanks for tuning in to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hey it's Greg Holland back. Anymore these days when I go out to eat, I not only want to eat delicious food and drinks, but I also want to eat where I know my money is going to a local restaurant that I believe in. I believe in the Goods restaurant on Colfax and Mark Whistler. The Goods is a community restaurant and bar with a menu focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet earth. I love it. Eight ounces of grass-fed beef and never ever any hormones antibiotics or steroids the goods is truly a cultural melting pot a family restaurant open to all their bar program is amazing saddle up at their long luxurious bar have a nice craft beer or a cocktail like their facebook page and stay up on amazing events and specials going on throughout the week located on east colfax directly connected to the tattered cover bookstore across from east high school with free parking in a garage in
7: back look them up online TheGoodsRestaurant.com. I'll see you at the goods. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Roccalita's Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent. Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. Back to
0: the show in just a second, you guys, but before we do that, we want to talk about bread and specifically... Bread that doesn't have preservatives, doesn't have artificial coloring, doesn't have any chemicals. That's Aspen Baking Company. I'm a huge bread guy. Freeman, I love it. I Freeman. love it. I love gluten. I can't, I'm can't. i not a meat guy. I I'm love it. A, I'm not a cheese guy. I'm a bread guy. And I want hoagies, focaccias, ciabattas, baguettes, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, pound cakes, coffee cakes. I also want... Wait. I also Lunch want, sandwiches. I also want Give box, it to me. box lunches. If you own a business like our friend Jim Pittinger and our friend uh, Brian Freeman from Growers Organic, from time to time you may decide that you want to cater your employees and go out and get them some box lunches. If you want to do that, then you want aspenbaking.com. At aspenbaking.com, you find all your bread needs. They're local, no preservatives, no artificial coloring, no chemo- chemicals of any kind in their bread. I'm going to say their website one more time and then we'll get back to Liberati. It's Aspen Baking. Hi, Michael Myers
8: from Distillery 291.
9: I'll say whatever you want me to say.
8: (laughs) That'll get me in trouble. Write it like you stole it, drink it like you own it. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Okay,
3: we're
1: back on it
3: right here at The Modern Eater Show and uh, live from Liberati Restaurant and Brewery as I'm checking in on our Facebook feed. So many interesting things going on. No,
1: what's interesting is the new people that we have at the table right now because it's Alex Liberati. Jim Pittenger, Biker Jim, as many of them know. I met this guy on the mall, oh, 16th hi. Street Mall, one of the roughest places in Denver, apparently. The um, mall
10: was fantastic. I know. That is where I learned that advertising really, really works. <laughs> I'm working the mall. I see this guy come walking down, down the mall. This guy's obviously been homeless for a while. I mean, his, his beard has got twigs in it, long hair. His clothing was in tatters, and he's walking down the mall with a can of Axe body spray, just doing the big Axe thing all over. You knew that guy was going to get lucky. He knew he was going to get lucky. That kind of confidence can only come from inside. I love it. Wait, I who, love so it. So who was the guy? I have no idea. It was just you no. Know, some, it's just some this is just one of Jim's great stories. Walking, um, walking down the with, mall with Axe body spray. Well,
1: and you know where Jim was, right? You know Jim's first place was right in front of the clock tower sure. on the 16th Street Mall. Jim was pushing a cart, and I I loved the guy, but because I knew him deeper than that, I knew him from a place of cheesecake. Which, oh, boy, does that cheesecake just touch a special spot I'm watching spot the on
3: delay on Facebook when Jim was telling that story. I was, like, <laughs> my head was sideways. <laughs> like, where, where is this where, going where, to go? Where, right? where, are, where are we going
10: with oh, this? Thanks, for, thanks for bringing up the cheesecakes. I, have, I haven't made one in a couple of weeks.
1: Oh, man, I'll tell you. That is what, like... If there was a special time that you and I could spend alone together, it would be me, you, and a cheesecake, sweetheart, just so you would, know.
10: Would you like to just make cheesecakes? <laughs> do you want me to, like, you know, take you and te- teach you how to fish, my friend? Um,
1: I've got some weird scars when I was 15. We, we lost the show here. Alert,
10: alert, 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 <laughs> alert. Welcome, welcome. All by. right, turn Brian's so mic off. I, I did just check something off my bucket list. Yes. I never knew I wanted to stomp grapes uh, until I got here today.
3: Wait, so you did do it? I of saw you do I did. it.
10: You know, and, and so now did it's,
3: you get a mani
10: petty before um, you
3: jumped in there?
10: I did get to step in a a, uh, a bucket of very cold water first, which was nice because it kind of tempered my feet for the chilled. Groups. I mean, Jim that wrote a Harley. Man. He's yeah. like
1: Manny
3: pedi What well, the well, when heck are you talking you're, about? When you're your biker Jim, that is a mani petty. <laughs> that, that's a pedicure. There weren't enough thorns, enough thorns,
6: not enough
10: thorns in the grapes for me to
6: really feel we that abrasion. We each grape one by one. one Thou- million. Millions of grapes, but we did a good job. That's him. right. You, you did a fantastic job. So, Jim, what brings you here today?
10: Well, I came here for a couple of reasons. One, to support Alex. You know, Thank I'm you, I'm so happy that this event was happening. It's it's going to be winter tomorrow, and today it was 70 degrees, and we got to have that feel of summer by coming in and stopping a bunch of Beer, wine, grapes—you <laughs> um, know—which was was a blast. Two, uh, Josh Nurberg from Grand Junction. I worked with Josh all year with the Colorado Five, and most of the time, I never had a chance to actually eat his food, as we're doing service the whole time. And so, wait—he's gr- he, humble, folks. He says he works with Josh. I, I was this
1: man and Josh went to one of the most sacred places in the food world. They went to the James Beard House together i mean that's a big as, deal as a come on there,
10: there there was a team it was a big deal it was it was, it was huge, phenomenal babe. i mean um, yeah babe in new york <laughs> right in new york in new york yeah. just a, a couple little weeks ago yeah. wasn't it? it wasn't three weeks like three ago weeks yeah the ago. first of the first of october jim showed uh, sides
1: of him that not many have seen and he's a good man you are a good man jim
10: thank you i, I wash my hands frequently um, and, you know, and I do enjoy what I do quite a bit. So it, I hear the food was spectacular. What did you what do you guys bring to the table? I'm, um, there was, I mean, these chefs are amazing, you know. You are I a worked, chef, my friend. I worked very hard to try and keep up with
9: these guys. Okay. So the dish I like that I really.
10: brought, I brought basically a blatt cracker. Um, it was a prosciutto cracker with a lettuce emulsion. I made deep-fried avocados, and I made tomato spheres. Um, using fun ge- um, macro-gastroids. Absolutely. You know, I used chemicals and took tomatoes and turned them into tomato-looking things. Very much like no Ferrera-Driano. Com- like a tomato China. caviar, right, my friend?
1: Yep. I mean, is this what it a is? Little, right? A little
10: bigger than tomato caviar. So they were, I made spears about the size of a grape that were clear, but they tasted just like a fresh tomato. So you, you, it didn't look anything like a blat. You pop it in your mouth, it tasted like a B.L.A.T., uh, that Beautiful. was super fun. Uh, and then I made
1: uh, Bacon, lettuce, tomato, and uh, no avocado. You put no, deep fried that. Was on there. I deep fried yeah. the avocado. Yeah, can you make them ah.
6: now for us, Jim? Can like, I do it? Can you make
10: them <laughs> <him> now? <laughs> <laughs> like, we got another 20 minutes here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We run home and get some no, calcium we have a stock lactate. Uh, yeah, uh, sure, we could do that. Uh, <laughs> I also made chicken fried rabbit livers. And mm-hmm. I have fallen in love with rabbit livers. Got them from uh, our buddy Justin Brunson at River Bear. Um, Which means Jane Levine. It, that's Jane up there. Jane oh, Levine. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. You've been there. They were. It's they're amazing. They're so light. That you know, I mean, they have a little bit of a funky flavor to them that I enjoy very much, but not as harsh as chicken livers. Um, and so all year with the Colorado Five, I've been threatening to make chicken fried steak. Finally, at the Beard House, I made chicken fried steak. So chicken fried rabbit livers, bone marrow polenta with an adobo sauce, and I learned a very important lesson. If you want to serve your dish in the bone marrow canoe, don't wait till the day of to clean the canoes because that will take all day. So by the time I got done, I was, I a little nervous. That know, must cook been the Timing, Jay's timing. not
3: a big fan of the uh, bone marrow. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, it's beef, oh, it's but beef Jay butter. likes the bone. It's bone, just beef it, butter. I mean, it doesn't matter to me just what it is, <laughs> you know, because like, that's what everybody... Well, it's just the bone It's the um, it's, it's the, the texture. You know, I mean, it could t- it could taste like heaven on earth, which, by the way, I don't think it does. And I've and and I've had bone marrow that uh, that the the, the chefs uh, connected to the bone marrow are the best chefs on on earth. And and then I've had my cousin making bone marrow out of a car somewhere. So I've had both worlds of it, <laughs> and in both worlds, it's the same thing to me. Which is, I don't even want to tell you what it's my not rocket manifold Maniflo- Maniflo- roasted it. I just, bone yeah, marrow. Yeah, like bones, in a little so tin perfect.
1: foil and uh, on when, my 357. It's just <laughs> we are making a beer with bone marrows. You might enjoy that. Well, okay. listen, th- I don't drink
0: alcohol Well, have you ever I, had risotto? I, I, you know risotto, risotto, right? Risotto,
6: of course is I know risotto. Very good. So there is a local uh, brewery called uh, Spangalang We're good friends. We yeah, made a beer called Risotto they're here tonight. Beers. Absolutely We made a beer called Risotto uh, before we opened like three years ago and it was made with, it is made with Acquarello Rice from uh, Northern Italy, from Vigevano and uh, it's made with saffron. So Risotto Milanese is a typical plate from um, Milan, which is a very, very yellow uh, rice, because obviously it's made with saffron. That was the time when basically they discovered that um, saffron could actually be good in cooking. It was before just used as a paint color, believe it or not. And it all came from this kind of court joke that at a wedding they they made this, they spill this like kind of um, um, saffron inside the, the, the bride's um, uh, risotto and it was a hit. Everybody enjoyed it so much and it was like of the Milan of the 1500s of the aristocratic Milan, everybody was completely enjoying it. So it's become an, a, a, a plate, a historical trigger plate for us and it's made also with bone marrow so in that tank there right next to the modern eater show hyper local food and drink um, uh, thing is our risotto beer which is probably going to be ready in a few uh in a few weeks and yeah it's it's going to be quite I interesting have,
10: have it's, it's now my f- new favorite fat you yep. know what i mean i love to use bone marrow and mashed potatoes and risotto and, and absolutely. Polenta. Cooking eggs, cooking... I made green chili. I had a little bit of frozen marrow left. Um, I sauteed the pork in the uh, bone marrow. Because maro. it
6: gives that texture, doesn't it? That's the reason why we added to risotto as well. It's not too much for the flavor, but the because the rice... Agent. The exactly the Exactly. Emuls- it, it's sort of an... Em- not emulsify. How do you say it, Gelatinizes. even Yeah, it's it a little bit more. of jelly. Oh, no, you know exactly who would
1: love... it? It's collagen, folks. And you know who would love your guts out is our friend... Carly, Carly right. Smith at the Fairy Gut Mother. Hi Carly. Jay, what I mean come on.
0: Well, how about this? How about we take a break? When we come back, we're gonna talk with Chef Josh Nuremberg from Bin 707 Food Bar and Taco Party in Grand Junction, who is doing a bang up job right now. But he's Josh, on deck, so we need to take a break.
3: Jim, what was it like jumping in those grapes, man? Um it was it was like the best day of my life. You have a smile on your face because I have to tell you that we have video of you and Gigi. Next to each other, doing some sort of weird dance.
10: I think we were probably the main reason that this event happened. I think for sure. I (laughs) I agree. That's it. You gotta love Biker Jim, Jim Pitcher, and uh, Biker Jim's
3: gourmet dogs. Uh, Truly, if you haven't been to Biker Jim's, I think you don't live
10: in the world. No, no, no. no.
1: If you haven't eaten one of Biker Jim's cheesecakes, you haven't lived.
10: Well, that's kind of a special treat. Right? Do you know know, dot com named us the most famous restaurant in Colorado? That is some crazy stuff for some crazy why.
1: Work hard to get on this guy's good side because what he has to offer nobody knows.
10: Nobody knows nobody
1: (laughs) knows. And
3: back in a flash right here on the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio.
7: Hey, Chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Roccalita's Tortillas. Roccalita's known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips. Served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive
3: to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you... That you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins. The list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious.
7: 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook 4628 For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company.
3: Listen up barbecue lovers, Greg Holland back here for Proud Soul's Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Soul's is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pitmasters, Proud Soul's has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Soul's, Dan and Tony have a passion for barbecue and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com.
7: Feed me now.
3: This
0: is the Modern Eater Show. That's
7: right, boy. I'm starving.
0: And now it's time for In the Kitchen.
6: How am I supposed to keep on feeding you?
2: Kill people.
0: Brought to you by. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, award winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies right here in Denver, Colorado. ProudSoulsBBQ.com.
3: Feed me all night long.
0: All
3: night long. long. Hold that thought out. Right there. We're in party mode, and why not? It's the uh, Colorado Harvest Grape Stomping Party right here at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. Uh, Jay Parker doing great work. We've got intern Kenyon George. We've got Dave Avery here. We've got Rachel Feinberg working really hard. Uh, a cast of, and crew of thousands. Well, maybe ten. <laughs> Here's Worth one. like thousands, though. I know. Alex Liberati is here with us rejoining. And Brian Freeman also have joining us, man, all the way from Grand Junction, Colorado, here he is in Denver, Colorado, it's a Chef Josh Nuremberg. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, man, welcome back. So, you know, first of all, compliments to you for following crazy ideas. <laughs> well, that's what we do. Some of the best things in the world come from crazy ideas, right? That's absolutely right. But stemming all of us for our love for Colorado and the bounties that it has to offer. I mean, it seems
6: to be endless. And we, We're de-stemming. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, that, that, no pun intended. I mean, I, I had to do that. You I mean, did have I'm sorry, man. i great dude.
3: Where, where do we begin? I mean, I, I, I'm calling this kind of a love story because uh, our love for Colorado brings us together with like mindedness. And as we ventured in Brian's Tahoe into Palisade and Grand Junction, Colorado, I don't know, about two months ago stopped off saw josh and josh said hey listen i've got some people we're here for the wine festival well you should probably meet our friend over there at carlson vineyards and garrett and uh, we, we went and met garrett and we had dinner at josh's place and we did a live show there and
6: all and the, that, I have to say, was one of the most amazing experiences. I'm not from Colorado, man. I came here a couple of years ago. But having dinner with Josh's was one of the most amazing experiences I've I've had here in Colorado. It's, it's stunning. Mind-blowing.
3: I mean, and there's the introduction, Josh. I, we're all in love with you and your food, what you do. But moreover than that, just your thought process about Colorado scratch the table and being able to support
9: other businesses around you. Well, you know, it's it's all community. It's, we were just talking offline, but... The whole reason that we come down here is just to be part of community and try to grow that community as much as possible. You know, we're stomping grapes tonight that came from Carlson Vineyards that Garrett grew. My relationship with Garrett is because Garrett and I did a wine together that we sell at the restaurant. So to tell this, you know, kind of full circle now doing the kickoff for the Ono beer that we'll be releasing in Grand Junction another year from now, it just continues to grow that as much as we can. But, you know, with the cuisine for us, it's looking at the ingredients that we have, looking at what we can work with just trying to be representative of region you know Colorado call it Southwestern United States call it you know North American cuisine whatever that is we're just trying to perpetuate that use those ingredients and show them off as best we can yeah. I give you Rocky Mountain cuisine my friend Thank I mean I
1: lot. yeah I, I think we are special here because I think the the mountain community these people that have like weathered the winter there's something to be said about that because I'll tell you it's a much different breed than I go down to Arizona, New Mexico, and these people think a winter is like, you know, 75 degrees.
3: Or northern California.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, it gets it gets yeah, a little chilly you know, up there. But I'll tell you, when when you don't experience something that's dry and crisp, like what Josh has in, I mean, in Grand Junction, because it's it's unique there. I mean, it's not, and and there's places in New Mexico that I've been similar where it's cold and but it's not there's not a lot of humidity. It's a crisp cold that we I don't think many in the country could ever understand because you go over to the east coast. It is wet cold. It's not what we have. We have a very unique climate I think in in Grand Junction and you know and our little southern rocky
9: mountain r- range. It's... you know I I totally agree. I've been playing into that a little bit the last couple of years I had the opportunity to cook in different states and actually a couple of different countries. Whenever we go down sea level and try to do the same food that we do in Grand Junction or in Denver, it's a lot more difficult because of humidity and everything else. We do have—I mean, it's dry climate; it's a different type of desert, it's a different growing region, different growing seasons. All of those things contribute to flavor profiles. It also creates a challenge, but it gives us the ability to kind of differentiate ourselves and be unique, you know. Well, I, I would ask: Do you think it's interesting how something up here takes
1: longer to actually cook? Because I mean, it's like water boils at a different temperature at 5,000 feet, but you're not at 5,000. You're
9: even higher. are <laughs> yeah. No, we're lower. We're oh, we're, 40, yeah, okay. we're, we're like 4,500 feet. Um, But I tell you what, you know, whatever the weather you guys are having, we've got that extreme, 10 degrees more. If it's 30 here, it's 20 there. If it's 100 here, it's 197 there.
3: Chef, you're not going anywhere. We need to take a break for the top of the hour. We're keeping you, that's for sure. Alex Liberati here with us. Liberati, Restaurant and Brewery, 25th and Champa. Still time. Come on down and join us. Brian Freeman, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker. We're all here and all's well in the world in the Rocky Mountains right now on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
1: to eat it's time for the second course hour number two of the modern eater
8: what are you hungry for here's to a meal we're all here for delicious
1: and tasty now we're getting to the good stuff (laughs) with your hosts greg hollenbeck jay parker and
0: brian freeman
3: all right this may be a radio first right here we're broadcasting live from liberati restaurant and brewery rhino district 25th at Champa Street. The whole team's getting ready. Guess what we're going to do, Jay?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't have to guess, but why don't you tell them?
3: We're going to grape stomp.
0: Stomp them up, baby.
10: (laughs) I got to tell you. So here's
0: Dan. We got Dan. Galvani from Root Shoot Malting. He's coming in. Yeah, why don't we, uh, Dan, sit down throw a headset on there, brother. And uh, Dan and I will will commentate uh, about you guys stomping grapes. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Root Shoot Malting.
3: I'm going to leave my headset on here. Dan, yeah, I don't know if you know what you just walked into here.
4: You know what? If it's anything like the rest of my life on a regular basis, um, I'm probably not prepared, but I'm going to wing it.
3: Look, we got Connor on here with us. Dan's son.
4: Hey, Connor, can you say hi in the microphone?
3: Dan from Root Shoot Malting. Dan, how are you? Doing well, Greg. How are you, man? Oh, doing good, too. So here we are with this project to brew this delicious Anno beer. And apparently, Root Shoot Malting said, we're crazy, too. Let's jump in on this project.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's that time of year. We're starting to wrap things up a little bit on the harvest up at the farm. And to have a uh, food harvest party to go along with it, and obviously with the community that we're already a part of, seems like a no-brainer. And yeah, I get to see you guys, so that's awesome, too.
3: I know. it's, a, it's a, Usually we run into you at a brewery, right?
4: True. Or in the
3: studio. Or in the studio. Yeah. That, that's true. We need to get you over to our new studio kitchen, Colorado.
4: Over here off uh, We've of got a new studio. Right?
3: It's on uh, Federal and Fifth Avenue. Yes, yeah, I think you'd definitely. like to see that. I'd love to. All right, so as we get set here to stomp some grapes, what we're going to do is uh, when was the last time you did play-by-play? I don't know. It's been a while. Probably um, never.
4: In the sense of
3: You're gonna call the shots on what we're doing description wise. You and Jay are gonna talk about what we're doing over here. Fancy. And it, it looks pretty interesting here as they're in the same bucket. It's uh can it, you get a third in here? It doesn't get
0: more interesting than that.
4: Yeah. All right, call it Dan. What are you what are you what are you seeing here? I'm seeing a Woo. just a whole bunch of oh successful stomping. <laughs> Those grapes never saw it coming. What are you waiting for? Why, I, I'm the play-by-play guy here. I don't know if you got the memo, but this is quite fantastic. Uh,
3: it's cold. <laughs> it is. It's very the the feet are cold, and,
4: uh, and what variety of grape are we stomping to this, this evening? What variety of grape are we stomping, Mr. Uh, Alex? It's
6: Cabernet Dore.
4: Cabernet Dore. Ah, there from the is. west coast of uh, the we, lovely state of Colorado. We we within within the wall. It's actually pretty re- refreshing. Temperature-wise, you just got to let it adjust a little bit. Did you like do
3: anything.
4: it? Uh, not today, but I have. You have in the past. And Connor actually a part of the Italian festival's Little Feet Marlowe.
3: Is that so right? So he
4: got to stomp some grapes. Did you stomp grapes? Yeah. Yeah? Was that cool? Yeah. you like that?
3: Got Connor here yeah. doing the playbook. <laughs>
4: So it looks like we've moved. To now we have everyone has their own individual. No, nope, oh, no, nope, I take that back. Good, oh uh, goodness!
3: This is not going to good.
0: This <laughs> is oh jeez! <is> <laughs> that's
4: good
0: that's now. an interesting. Okay.
4: S- now we have back. Everyone's back in their own designated <laughs> buckets, stomping away yes. and doing a wonderful job. Thankfully, there's a nice table. I don't think myself. there's a rhyme or a reason to how you do this. No, no, no. I mean, if Lucille Ball can pull it off, it's uh, <laughs> it's free, free game.
3: Hey, it took a full hour of the show before Lucy came up, you know?
4: <laughs> Look at that. You nice. just yeah. won a
3: prize. You yeah. didn't know <laughs> if somebody said Lucy.
4: I already I already feel like a winner, so <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how could Congra- it get any better? Damn, congratulations. You're old. <laughs>
0: like you the, know Lucille Ball. <laughs> Wait, yeah, did, you, right. did you
4: see the fork in me, too? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm done.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, let me just say as as somebody that is watching this right now, um, it's almost something, Dan, that you have to consume some of this product beforehand to be able to be one of those people in a bucket. And uh, I'm a sober guy, and so you're not going to get me in there any way, shape, or form, Uh you would actually have to uh, pay me. There would have to be a bribe involved. It couldn't just be for fun.
4: It's true. And the and the surprising about that, Jay, that, Jayden, you're not in the camp by yourself. I definitely am there <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, that's And, right. uh, and I was...
0: So I was, you don't mind the commentating with me during this, right? Not, not, at all, yeah. not at all.
4: And I've even had a few to drink, too, and I still <laughs> yeah. don't find any, uh, any convincing in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like to
0: take any of my clothes off when I'm outside of the home, and that goes with shoes or shirt or... Hat. I don't even like to get my hat off all the way. So to be barefoot and stomping grapes, man, I don't... It's just not for me. Just no. not my thing.
4: Well, you know, and luckily and thankfully, there seem to be a lot of people who uh, don't have the same opinion as yeah. us. And... Uh well, would we have three or four rotations of at least five people in different buckets? Yeah, no. So uh, we all sanitized our
1: feet. I will tell you the strictest yeah. of. Uh, For some reason, that just sanitation. Doesn't, I, um, I just don't care about that. Uh, Dan, wait, I'm gonna boil it, and and you've eaten. Listen, I'll tell you. Look on the back of every can right. of of protein you've ever eaten, because it talks about. What USDA allowances are, and uh, yeah, the voice of Organic Freeman over here is uh, telling you.
4: Yeah, to even be to really date myself, I remember. Remember the the jungle? (laughs) Oh yes, I do. Upton Sinclair, man,
1: my friend, one sledgehammer at a time. Damn Jay, yeah,
0: you were saying. Before we run out of time, why don't you tell us about Root Shoot Malting and your relationship here with Liberati uh, uh, Restaurant and Brewery?
4: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a part of the show and uh, and letting Root Shoot uh, be a part of this awesome project. Um, so, Root Shoot Malting, we are a small family farm uh, that goes back five generations with uh, the Olander family, and uh, they were barley growers for Coors for about 30 years, and small commodity farm that decided to innovate as a lot of these smaller farms are where instead of just taking the harvest and taking whatever the commodity price was dictating, they built infrastructure and we now take our own barley, we malt it, and then self-distribute it. So we have a good solid relationship with over 100 different breweries, 20 different distilleries where we're offering malted products, raw products. and. few other points in between and with just like liberatis and just like the modern eater you know we're all really much a part of a community here and alex uses a lot of our malted grains for the barley portion of his Eno beers and uh, we are thrilled to be a part of uh all of the wonderful uh, things that come out of Liberati as well as all of our other partners. And yeah, man, Colorado's kind of a good place to be in the craft beer scene.
0: 100 breweries, that's a lot of brew. I mean, can you even take on any more stuff? I mean, how, what is that in perspective of product? Like how much product is going out to 100 breweries here in Colorado?
4: Certainly, certainly. Yeah, no, and that's a great question. Yeah, we have a compact malt house where we have a drum malter that uh, we do our germination and it's also our kiln and it puts out about 20,000 pounds per rotation. We have two of those vessels, so we're producing, if we were able to say 48 weeks of production, about two million pounds of grain. Wow. And with the allotment and with all of the accounts that we have, we're probably somewhere around that 90 percentile of product that's spoken for. Um, so it's really, really nice because it helps you know to sell your product and pay your bills. Um, and then just everyone that we're working with seems to be using us more regularly, more frequently, and expanding what they originally started using us for and what they rely on us today for. So it's, uh, it's a good place to be.
3: You know, it's an interesting thing, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but when was the last time you had the opportunity to collaborate with a winemaker such as uh, Carlson Vineyards and, and with grapes? That's Yeah. That crossover is uh, really unique.
4: Yeah, no, and it's uh, this is definitely our first time, um, but you know it's been great because you know the Olanders never had any thought of the distilling market, mm-hmm. and was 100% focused on the brewing, and then realized oh, there's about 80 distilleries in the state of Colorado that are using raw corn, raw rye, barley, wheat, and the malting capabilities and capacity definitely has its limitations. But on the raw side, when it comes to grain distribution, if you have more clients coming on board, you just plant more corn. That's
3: right, Dan. I now, love to hear that. B- beforehand, hear that. Dan coming, he's like, oh, well, I've got to behave myself, and I don't know, you know, radio." Dan, you've been the highlight of the show. So far, you come in, you do the play-by-play, great stuff, root shoot malting. You guys are so classy. And, again, the landers. I wish uh, Emily could have been here tonight. Those guys are great. They really are. I mean, uh, truly a family that respects and loves Colorado as much as we do as well. But to, to see family farms, that I call it the pivot point to where you're like, okay, well, what do what we do? Okay, we can do this. And embracing the brewing community and working with 100 um, breweries. Are there some names that you can just shout out with some folks that you work with? Cause
4: sure, sure, yeah. I mean, Brews Beers is one of them. Yep, Brews Beers. Um, if you take just the the local, uh, you know, going from Liberati's, we've got Woods Boss. We've got Jagged Mountain, True Brewing, Um spangling we've this. got mockery um omf our mutual friend just to name a few of them we've got a number of um the breweries up in the Leveland area that we work with um well wait and, uh, fl- flip the switch
1: please. go to th- go to the distillers that you're working so, with
4: the distillers are really actually a great story because you know the distillers is really taking off where i would say maybe there isn't necessarily a uh a saturation level at 400 distilleries, as there is breweries, but there's very much a movement happening in the distill distillation, uh, which is similar to what happened 10 years ago in the craft craft brewing. Um, one of the largest uh, manufacturers here in the state of Colorado, um, Breckenridge Distillery, just start just. Uh, launched a massive, they have a continuation still that does 30,000 gallons and we are supplying them with corn, rye, malted uh, grains for their bourbon and then also they're doing single malts. Um, Just locally here, um, the Block Distilling, there's uh, Family Jones, there's uh, Elkins up in Nestus Park, just to name a few as well. And uh, yeah, it's really quite unique because every single one of our brewers has the, a brewer is a chef. A distiller is a chef. There's ingredients. Where Agreed. are you sourcing them? What's the terroir? Where, what are the natural flavors coming from the soils that they're grown Agreed. in? Yeah. And taking those and manifesting and following styles that have been traditionally around for thousands of years, and then putting in a little modern twist on it. Brewers and distillers are both doing that same kind of practice, and uh, as obviously. We have the winemakers of our western slope and the beautiful grapes that are being grown there.
3: Yeah, hello, Garrett Portra. Hey,
4: hey, <laughs> how's, oh, hey <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> how's it going? Yeah, sorry, oh,
3: my oh, peripheral oh. wasn't working. <laughs> well. No, you're good. <laughs> oh, hey, there he is. What time is it, Jay? <laughs> 718 oh, time to take 718 a break. let's take a break we'll come back can, can you stick around a couple more minutes Dan? No. you know you what let's see hit what the road we can do. i you, might
9: have to i, I was Dan, told hit the road by my, uh, yeah my, 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 i get my speech it.
4: coach that i had to stop
3: talking so <laughs> i understand uh, so formal uh, thank you to you and this project so we will expect you Back in Grand Junction about a year from now for dinner at Bin 707 with Josh Nuremberg for the release of this Ono beer. Fantastic. That would be great.
4: I've already made a reservation.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Dan Rootshoot
3: Malting. Class act. I mean, truly, these are the guys that you want to do business with. We have a lot of breweries, distilleries. They listen to the show, if you've uh, ever had a thought of just contacting somebody to find out more information of what you can do to go Colorado, uh, Dan be happy to give you that information. Do you have an email, Dan?
4: Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just Dan at RootsShootMalting dot com, D A N root shoot um but no no guys yeah no it's it's definitely my honor my pleasure to continue the relationship with what you guys are doing and really you know reaching out and being a part of the audience that you guys connect with every single um what are we weekly monthly weekly, weekly, yeah. weekly right yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you um is yeah it's a, it, again it's all community man well and it's if you're in
1: colorado fun. check them out root
4: Yes sir. You Ruchu gotta love malting. it. There it is. Thank you, thank com. you, thank you. No sweat. Okay, back
3: in a flash, we'll come back with Carlson Vineyards and uh Gary Porter right here on the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio. Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pitmasters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy Spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's Proud Souls BBQ.
1: Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion.
3: Harvest Grape Stomp Party in just a minute at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. But right now it's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions time. Who's Jeff Rourke? Jeff Rourke is the man about town installing tap uh, tap installations uh, special just for you. He does maintenance as well. There's a lot of times that you've got the wheels falling off of your tap lines in your restaurant, your bar, your brewery. Just fix it.
1: Just fix it. Just fix it is all I can say there.
3: It's going to make you look better. It's going to make you more profitable. Uh, Foam is money. And if you're pouring foam and you're pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, boys? You're You're pouring pouring your your money money down down the drain. drain. Ah, Don't pour your money down the drain. It's an easy phone call away. Truly. Jeff Rourke, you want an Adeline? He can do it. No problem. Water, wine, nitro.
1: Wait, what if I want to add 112 lines?
3: He can do it. Uh, And actually, there's a new project in Central City with Monarch Hotel and Casino. Jay and I took a little tour. It was pretty impressive. For a guy to run a glycol line almost like uh, the the length of Mile High Stadium. That's (laughs) a big deal. You want to keep your beer fresh, cold, and consumable just like the brewery intended it to taste. 720-272-3809. What's the number again? 720-272-3809. Give them a call. It's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions.
7: Yo, yo, what's up? (laughs) This is Justin Brunson, Ultra Meat and Cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. (laughs) And you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on (laughs) iHeartRadio.
3: Yes, okay, this is a cool one, Brian. Back at it, Greg back, Brian Freeman, Jake Parker, all's well in the world at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. This collaboration is taking place right now. It was a crazy thing, and we love crazy people because when we call up crazy people with crazy ideas, usually crazy people say, okay, I'm in. And this gentleman said, I'm in. And there he is, the crazy man himself, Garrett Portra, uh, Carlson Vineyards in Palisade, Colorado, joins us on the Modern Eater Show. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, are you crazy, or are you just lonely, or what? I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> a little
8: bold. It probably depends <laughs> on who you talk to. If you talk to me, yeah. I think I'm just maybe a little crazy talk to my wife i'm a lot crazy so yeah yeah <laughs> always up for a new challenge or new project
3: well it's interesting because we called you out of the blue and it's one of those things i oh, hear these guys from denver calling me and you know you have grapes and we've got this idea we're coming into town for the wine festival uh first of all first blush what did you think when we called you up to say you want to be a part of this
8: madness down here in denver well, I mean, the the good part for me was that I got a heads up from Josh from Ben, which usually if Josh calls, I I, I, I tend to say yes. But but yeah, then the more I looked into the project and the Eno you know, beer, I'm not I'm not familiar with it at all, yeah. but it sounded super exciting, super interesting. So it was, it was fun to be part of.
1: Well, what's your cool? well? No, I like, say hey, here's this crazy Italian guy built, born in Rome. Bread Italian. right here, yeah. I Thought he was from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Born <in> Alabama. <laughs> yeah, Alabama that's Rome. That's true. And that's one thing he can't pull off is a good old Southern accent. Absolutely. But uh, my friend Alex Liberati here. <laughs> Alex rejoins us. It's different, but
3: yeah. You know, and think about it, Garrett. This is an untouched market for you, kind of with mm. grapes, right?
8: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's completely. Yeah, it's a brand new thing for us, and I mean, it fits in with our deal. We we do fruit wines, we do grape wines, we do all kinds of off the wall kind of stuff anyway so yeah it was a it was a cool market and a cool idea like I've like I've had a few of the beers tonight and just loved them
3: before we dig in on the collaboration sorry Alex uh, just talk a little bit about Carlton Vineyards
8: sure yeah Carlton Vineyards is the third oldest winery in the state um, it was started by Parker and Mary Carlson back in 1988 I went to work there in '08, I believe and then we bought the wine my wife and I bought the winery from Parker and Mary in 2015 so Every October 1st, I tell you, say so we pop a bottle of champagne to celebrate not going broke in one more year.
1: And I wish she was here because, truly, your wife is such a gem. <laughs> and what you guys have created, she loves you, man. She, well, she proved it this week.
8: But, uh, I had a three-year-old in jammies and pack boots out in the vineyard picking grapes with me. So. Let's talk about that. Well, wait, that. and she wasn't uh, ready to deliver at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's talk about that. Okay, so here we are. I don't know. where Was it September, late September?
8: Uh like September 18th, I think, because it was Wine Fest weekend. Okay, so yeah, yeah.
3: September 18th, we're in Palisade, Colorado, and here's uh, Alex Liberati, Brian Freeman, myself. We we go into the we, and we want to take a look around. That's it. Just let's take a look around. Take a look around, and we're seeing. The, I mean, just palatial. The views are magnificent. We're on the property. We're looking at all of these varieties of grapes. We're walking around. You know, we're shooting the breeze comes to the point of where it's like uh, okay well why are you here well we're here for a reason why were we there
6: alex well i mean we were definitely we were there for many reasons uh, to me definitely josh and see cover what he was doing but the wine festival was amazing but you know what it was also a, a learning experience you know it was one of those things that uh, for me it was my first like real strong dive in the world of winemaking in colorado you know and that 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 event was a little bit of a, you know showcase of that so i have to say were you disappointed garrett, well wait a second no, i got to um, say garrett that you know um you you grow some really unique varietals. You are there trying to figure out what the best varietals work. You really are putting all yourself and your knowledge into creating a new Colorado, perfect for Colorado wine. Not just content and going for the Chardonnay, the Cab Sauv, that honestly enough might not even grow too well sure. here. But they sell great because it's Chardonnay. Yeah. And so you're like, you know what, I'm not gonna go that path. I'm gonna go on the long path. I'm gonna and I've been surprised to learn how it works in Colorado, so some people might say that many wineries here are just buying grapes from the same grower, or they're really just a canteen more than a winemaker, and they're really not doing the, the, the right, the, the the real noble path, not going the real noble path. You are, and I my question is, how do you feel about that?
8: Sure, I mean, I think it's, it, it kind of reflects on the the age of our industry you know like we're the third oldest winery in the state and we started in 1988 so i think a lot of people um kind of start that way is trying to figure out what's going on i think it goes back to the the varieties as well i think there's a lot of varieties that are being grown mainly because it's what people like like to have and now we're starting i think in the next even It started already, but I think the next 10 years it's going to get more and more and more that vines are going to be pulled and replanted with 30 years of knowledge that we can start putting into those the varieties that actually work well, if that makes sense. Well, wait, Garrett, will you, will you pull them or will you just cut them and graph them? Well, I mean, it's common knowledge now that Phylloxera has hit Western Slope, um, which is one of those things that, you know, in the beginning, people were really, really scared. As, like, a new guy to the industry, I was somewhat excited for that reason. Like, so we'll have to pull them. We'll pull them and put them on graft roof stock that is Phylloxera-resistant. Um, Can
3: you and, talk like, I don't know what you're saying because I don't he, know what you're saying? He doesn't saying. know what Floxtra is. <laughs> yeah, sure, Soctra. sure.
8: So, I mean, Floxtra is a, a root louse. It hit, you know, it almost just decimated the French industry. It almost knocked them completely out of business. And People like to say that the U.S. rootstock saved the French industry, but I mean, really, it was the U.S. rootstock heading over there that brought in phylloxer in the first place. True, but Um, it's
6: also more resistant. It is. In France, this phylloxer is a parasite, right? It lives inside the... In the soils. In the soil, right? You know, so basically it tampers with the possibility of the vine to get everything from the soil that it should. And so basically it dies. And can you imagine, like, over the span of a year... 70%, 80%, 90% 70%, 80%, 90% of all European production was crippled by this. They didn't know what to do. And yes, it's true. The American stock was probably the one that brought it over here. But because phylloxera was already here, the American root stock, so the base of the plant, is the most resistant. Resist. So well, what happens how, these days... How day... in the
1: heck did we give it a name? And uh, Whoa. I just take 10 steps back because I'm an organic guy. Sure. And all of a sudden this cr- was created in the new world, right? I mean, this was not something. They've been growing grapes for, what, 10 years, 20 years?
6: You mean in the old Ah, uh, come it's on now.
1: I mean, you see where
6: I'm going here. Well, it's just I'm begging you for this you know, answer, yeah. Just, you know, I mean, biodiversity, the, way, the, the reason why the Galapagos has so much of the biodiversity, because it's its own ecosystem. And also the North in America, it's its own ecosystem. So the rootstock has been able to, the phloxer has been around for millions of years, and the rootstock has been able to evolve to not resist it, as you were well, pointing out before, but being much more...
8: Symbiotic. It's almost parasitic in the sense that it'll, the American rootstock will live, kind of with these phylloxera eating off their roots. They've learned to adapt to where they still, they'll still thrive even though is present. And so really, most of, almost all the major wine regions in the world have gone through it and now are on, you know, a grafted root system that now they, you know, they've actually a lot of them. It can knock you back. We're fr- we're. Lucky, in a sense, in Colorado, because we have sandy soils, which really slow down the, the spread of phloxera, Even can stop it in some cases, because the, the bugs just can't make it through that soil, so
6: they can't expand farther. Because if um, it's too much, even with an American rootstock, if your infestation is too much, you're going to die, right? So basically what happens is that the Europeans figured out that grapevines have this unique quality that you can cut the 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 rootstock and you can graft another varietal on top of it you can make this sort of frankenstein plant now all wines in the world apart from some places in south africa probably maybe has a few because of the altitude and but all of them are all this like kind of mixed and so obviously it's an important it's an important thing but but can i ask you a question how many people how many how many actual wine great great growers are there in Colorado, opposed to like canteens, you How know, many, winemakers. That's a good question. Uh,
8: you know, I know that there's probably, you know, five or five or six of the main growers that grow the vast majority of the grapes. And then there's, I, as far as numbers go, I'm not 100% sure, but there's 100? A, Yeah. Well, I think there's only 170 wineries total, so I would say less, well, less than 100 people growing
3: grapes. Yeah, maybe two percent. Yeah. And and you've talked about the resiliency of grapes in general and when we are there and the climate is indicative to needing that resiliency as sure. well right
8: yeah yeah absolutely i mean our biggest our biggest determining factor in the western slope is winter temperatures so when you've seen any kind of uh you know event that's happened to our industry that's been devastating that's always been a winter freeze So we're right on the edge, Um, you know, Cab Franc or Eastling do very, very well because they have just a touch more cold hardiness than some of the other vinifera, Um, but you know, that being said, we're on our third third harvest in a row that's been, you know, record harvest. I mean, we've had more grapes the last three years and since I've, like, since I've been in the industry, but from what I've been
6: told since ever. I mean, the three last years have been big harvests. But there's also a particular variety that you grow. It's called La Grain, is it? Lamburger. Lamburger. Sorry. Oh, no, that's you sorry. made it sound a lot <laughs> sexier, Alex. You can tell. yeah oh. But that Lamburger is an amazing... You make a variety of wine just with Lamburger, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Lam- so Lamburger. Yeah.
3: Lamburger sounds like a lamb. <laughs> Well, when you say it, yes. <laughs> I, I had a
8: professor at Washington State, that that's what he used to say, is Lemberger's made for lamb, so maybe that's the new, well, maybe
1: it's the new marketing concept. Garrett, you told me a quote that really shocked me, because I'm a guy who's all about the terroir and all about the soil. What you said is is that, Brian, there is someone famous who once said about, give me the hardest soil in the world to grow, and that's where I want to put my grapes.
8: Yeah, so that's what uh you know um, I think I was talking about Christoph Baron um, from I'm Cayuse. Um, well, he's Cayuse up in Walla Walla. He's actually in Oregon area, but he has a Cayuse winery, um, and that's what he always used to say that his uh, his grandpa would always tell him if anything else will grow there, don't plant grapes. Use it for something else. But you want to plant grapes where they want to be. They, they have to work and it concentrates the flavors and makes for a better end product because wines are made in the vineyard. I mean, it's like most things. Even, you know, most,
6: a great chef works with the ingredients he's given. And so it's.
3: I like that one.
6: Well, you know, it's funny. He said wines are made in the vineyard and only 2% of winemakers of Colorado, of canteens, or of wine producers, or bottlers actually have a. a, 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 a the, the, and I, I, mean, I it it, say a vine yeah a place where they're actually growing it doesn't that make you think i mean speaking about hyper local and i wouldn't say i mean i wouldn't say it's
8: two percent but I, I know it's not a large percent you know and that being said i mean even for us we grow as much as we can and we buy from about four miles from around our area we have one grower that we buy pretty much everything they grow and that gives us some say in how things are, are done um so yeah, I think, but I think it's changing. Like I think there's more and more people are, even if they don't own the property, they're wanting to do a acreage contract to where they can go walk the vineyard, mm. um, and see how things are being done and have input yeah. on that.
3: Oblige me for just a second. I know we're up against a break. I'll set this up. We'll come back and we'll answer the question right here from Liberati Restaurant and Brewery, in Rhino District, 25th and Champa. Come on down and see us tonight, Denver, the, Colorado. The thought is, is that this year seems it struck me as funny, Brian. We had this real uh, freeze uh, uh, about a month ago here in Colorado. It didn't seem like we really had a fall. The, the leaves on the trees right now, they're they, they, they,
1: brown, and they're, we were brown pushed back. And they're yeah. ugly,
3: and they're dying. Yeah. And we didn't really have that true, true autumn to where we had that gradual change. And, and I look at that in the colors of the leaves of the trees. Right now, it's an interesting thing in Colorado, and I think farming in general. But you were faced, Garrett, with some interesting things. And I think yearly, it's different. There's no map that's laid out for you on what day do you harvest. I want to talk about harvest, climate. Uh, I always hate to bring the conversation into climate change because I think we're always constantly changing but and we, why we, does
1: brian always talk I mean, about the weather
3: but we we <laughs> can do that let's come back and talk about what we face with just these grapes alone your um obstacles that you have to go through in order to um harvest these grapes and the timing that it takes i think it's a very interesting conversation if you'll oblige me we'll come back and answer that question right here on the modern eater show on iHeartRadio. radio
2: Hey guys, Chris Johnson here, owner of Rome Sausage, your hyper-local source for all things sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado by hand-mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples, and of course, sausage jokes, can be had by contacting me directly at chris at rome Sausage.com. Or by phone at 303-296-7663. The Modern Eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too.
5: Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients. Or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us. You can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com
3: Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pit masters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal Drills and smokers, award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com.
5: Hi, this is Laurie Mitson. I'm a food hack, a.k.a. food writer. I was just told that I could put my lines. <laughs> and you're listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
3: Okay, we're back. Uh, Liberati Restaurant and Brewery, Colorado Grape Stomp Party. Colorado Harvest Grape Stomp Party. This has been a success, and we can't wait to share all of this because what comes out of this is an Anno beer that's going to blow your mind, and it's a Colorado Anno beer, which will make it taste that much better just because of all the story that we're building here. And as we continue, Brian Freeman, he's, he's off running around doing something. Little Rich Snyder comes into the house here. Little Rich is here. And uh, Garrett Portra rejoins myself and Alex Liberati, and we're just talking about, I wanted to just uh, talk to you, farming, first of all, Uh, what a crazy industry that is. But year-round, here in Denver, I saw a big freeze come in, you know, we were, it was 80 degrees the day before, and I remember this vividly, and I've lived here for 47 years, so I, I know it like the back of my hand, year to year, of what we're going to expect. It was one of those freezes, and I worry for the trees. I worry for all the beloved growth that we have here in Denver. It's 80 degrees one day. The next day, it's freezing cold, snowing. Branches are breaking. Never, Never gave a chance for autumn to really kick in that gradual. But that did something to you there in Palisade to where it was the hustle. The hustle was on. What happens when things start freezing or the weather's a little bit different or you've got something scheduled to pick the grapes. What's that like? Just give
8: us an inside look. Yeah I mean it's it's like anything in agriculture. I grew up I, I was fortunate and I grew up in agriculture in general so you learn real quick that if you can't worry about the weather because you'll be worried non-stop but but you, you're definitely got to be mobile and try new things so I mean this year we got I think six varieties and it was close to, it was probably 15 or 20 tons all at one time because we had a beat of freeze coming. Because once the freeze hits, we were, the initial concern was that it would get cold enough to rupture the grapes themselves, which at that point, harvest is over. The You, you just can't do anything to what save it. What do you do? It. Dumpster? Pretty much. Drop them off, hey. let them fertilize your fields. Uh, but, you know, we, we were fortunate in that it didn't get cold enough to rupture that, but it did stop. It did, you know kill the leaves stop growing cycles so at that point then it's just a race to get them off the uh, the vines it's like I said I was telling you just a second ago that I'm sleeping in my house tonight because I got 10 tons of Lemberger to dig out tomorrow Um, and the main reason is I have because the way those grapes came in and you know luckily knock on wood we had really healthy ferments but they're all getting dry at the same time so I have probably a little over 40 tons of grapes in the next three or four days we need to get out of a tank and through a press and and on to the next process. Do so. you guys ever make any raisins? Try not to. Yeah. I haven't found a market for it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a problem if he is making yeah, raisins. Yeah, exactly. I and Garrett's it? really complaining about those 10 tons, but for him, let's talk, reason. it's a button. He presses a button, oh, yeah. and it goes out into a press. <laughs> exactly. Can you oh, tell yeah. us
8: more about what that entails yeah, what is 10 times? Uh, oh, ten ton. Yeah, so 10 times. I mean, tomorrow, uh, Justin, one of my assistant winemakers, and I will, uh, will pump all the, all the wine at this point. It's basically dry. We'll pump all that off through the press, sieve out as much of the solid material as we can. Then it's a fight to get the front door off the tank. Um, and after that, it's you grab the shovels, and one guy's shoveling them out of the tank, and the other guy's shoveling
6: it into the press. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of matter. That are all still a little bit drippy in a certain oh, way, oh yeah. you know. They get you all like covered of yep. red and drippiness, you know. I mean, and that's that's kind of crazy. You would see that.
8: Yeah, when we, I mean, when we uh, bought the winery in, uh, I guess in 2014, the Grand Junction Sentinel showed up to take our picture, and nobody told me. And they showed up <laughs> on a dig out day, so they kind of put me in the back, but. I had a friend called and said he thought I slaughtered a goat.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, you're in agriculture, but you didn't get into this thinking it was all wine and cheese, right? You were just going to... Yeah.
8: I, I, I always tell people it's like hashtag romance of winemaking. Yeah. Um, whether, what yeah. nice what did it
3: take for you to get us these grapes here today?
8: Uh, you know, it took a very loving, understanding wife. <laughs> no. Let, let's give her the proper absolutely, shout out. Kay, Kaylin Portra. Yeah, my loving wife. Actually, uh, because because of the freeze, we were in a scramble to find group grapes. That, you know, we wanted we still wanted a quality fruit because we wanted it to be a quality absolutely. Colorado beer. Um, So we were in a scramble, and I was, you know, finding grapes that had withstood the freeze. Um, And because of that, literally, we were picking grapes right up to the time uh, the truck showed up. And picking. One by one. One by one. And it was her birthday. It was. It was her 21st birthday. We're going to go with that. Good, man. She's going to love you for that. She's I gonna are, love you Exactly. I already had her out picking on her birthday, so, you know, we're going to. That's um, right. Because, I mean, not only had, you know, it doesn't, it, the weather doesn't only, only affect the grapes. It also affects, you know, all the workers and that, and um, even most of the harvest guys had gone back home. There, there weren't a lot of uh, labor around, so it's kind of one of those you, you look to yourself and get it done.
6: Sun today, when Brian, with uh, you know your branch of uh, Growers Organic, you uh, brought him in, Thank it you, was Brian. just it was just awesome. That, Thank you, really, it, Brian. That was a big huge shout uh,
3: out to Growers Organic who picked those grapes up. And why I mean, why not Growers Organic all over the state sourcing the best delicious organic produce that you could possibly want from the best farms in the
6: and to have a
3: stop make- by. Magic that happens. That That's what
6: they do. Growers fantastic. organic. They make magic happen.
3: Thank but you guys. Alex, you're
6: not always gonna get the best grapes possible. There'll be some. How do you tweak? Well, you know what? Uh, so this is sort of a secret that I've been keeping. Yep. But I'm working with some people in uh, California now to get the 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 fire tainted grapes over. And I want to make a beer with the fire-tainted, the smoke-tainted grapes that are otherwise going to go to waste. Look at you, Alex. That's, I uh, mean, that's You capitalist. That's awesome. Well, look, no, 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 no. Smoke.
1: That's deeper, man. So He's trying to help get these people
6: that are on. having a problem. We're definitely paying for him. And it's a way to be able to save an industry. And I'm just a small guy. Can we
3: give a portion back to uh, some kind of fire oh, totally, unit? Or... But,
6: you know, look. look Think think about this. So, Rauk beer. You guys know about Rauk beer? You know, that smoky beer? That happens because in Bamberg, in the 1500s, they had a big... This is something that might happen here. We might be creating something which is really unique, really positive by looking at history and how it actually happened in history in Germany in the 1500s and doing it again here in California. It's a huge problem. There's a lot of people. Not all the grapes are spoken for in California at the moment. I can assure you that a lot of grapes do not have homes. And there's winemakers which have uh, economic problems for that. And I'm just a little speck. I'm just a little brewer. But if enough other breweries are going to be doing that, now we can really make an impact.
3: This so. animal beer is going to tell a story, and it's going to make it that much more delicious. We're going to recap that story when we come back. Your portrait here with us. Alex Liberati, Brian Freeman, Greg Holland back uh, Kenyon George, George Kenyon, George uh, Michael Kenyon. Georgie boy. Is here with us. And uh, Jay Parker right there. We're going to wind it down, last segment of the show. We'll come back and give you an idea of what this story is, what it means to us, and how you can continue on this story with the love of Colorado and that's our love story that we're building right here on the Modern Eater show on iHeart iHeartRadio.
1: or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at
7: growersorganic.com. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Roccalita's Tortillas. Roccalita's, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local. Colorado grown, cold pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Grower's Organic and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills.
1: Back
0: to the show in just a few minutes, you guys. But before that, I want to talk to you about bread and my favorite bakery. I'm Jay Parker. This is the Modern Eater Show. We are live at Liberati Restaurant and Brewery. And Aspen Baking Company has no preservatives, no artificial coloring, no chemicals in any of their bread. I
3: always wonder why other people do. You know, I,
0: mean, I shouldn't that just be normal. I, you would think when it comes to bread, but here's the thing, you know, a lot of places uh, pump these uh, chemicals into them because they want them to sit on your yeah, a, on shelf. your counter
3: for uh, for but 10 days. Aspen, Doesn't that kill you? With Aspen Baking, you want to eat it right away. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, the yeah. way it smells and if you take a tour a, a tourie, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you take a toury <laughs> yeah. of the brewery, uh Aspen Baking dot <laughs> <laughs> up the brewery. <laughs> yeah. Aspen Baking, back on track. AspenBaking.com is the website, you guys. Hoagies, focaccias, ciabattas, baguettes, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, sourdough. pound cakes, sourdough, coffee cakes. Box,
1: wait, 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 wait. They can, box, box they can, lunches. yes, they can cater your office every day of the week.
0: Yes, they can. And if you want to cater your office, the easiest way to do that is to go to AspenBaking.com. Hashtag, how's your Aspen? One more time, AspenBaking.com
1: now it's time for the modern eaters booze in the news segment i like my beer cold my meat grilled and my entertainment explosive all we need is a a chair and a a cooler beer here's your booze news you better believe it yo
3: your booze news all the booze news you can use
1: and it's all right here at liberati's in denver
3: yeah sponsored by Alex liberati thank you sir uh, you just bought the world. I didn't even know about that. But know. Yay! You didn't. <laughs> That's right. What a great time here. We're gonna just do a little recap of this. I, I and I call it a love story. Is that is that jumping too no, far? No, it's a cold. Well, we were all, all in story. a car for a few yeah.
1: days, so it, there was a little bit of a love story. It was at least an Italian drama.
3: I
6: mean, uh, (laughs) without the drama.
1: So thank God,
3: because that's brutal. But We got to meet so many amazing people. Can I, I want to send it to you, Alex. I want you to just talk about, uh, you know, when I said, Alex, there was one time on the show, you were back at Studio Kitchen Colorado. We're on the show. We're talking. Said, okay, next week we're going to the wine festival in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. And I said, Alex, you're going to go. You're like uh, on the air, so you're
6: really, okay. trapped. Basically trapped. <laughs> Just basically so trapped. So, what are you gonna do in three weeks' time? Uh, I really don't know what I'm gonna do. That <laughs> well, day in three day okay? Go. So you're coming to a wine grape festival, aren't you? Yes. Okay, sure I am. I mean, what are you going to tell? Yeah, On what, air. But you know what? Honestly, that? that was but the best choice of my, my life. But you had my
1: friend. I was there with you. I mean, I got to tell you, we got we
6: opened some doors that weekend. Oh, my God. And we did. We met well, so we many closed different people. a couple people. Doors. <laughs> I don't know. We probably closed the good ones, by <laughs> the way. But, you know, we met so many fun people. Yeah. That we learned flash so much. Light. It was great flash. Some episodes. Oh, my God. Oh, our but, first know, night at Route
1: 626. Our second night at Ben 707. Yep. Josh. And by the way, you Garrett knows all these places oh, because, yeah.
6: well, and the I visit mean, to Garrett's Vineyard before the in the morning. It was the third day. You know, I mean that was that was really awesome. I was, I was surprised to see we you guys up right. It was great, <laughs> man. We got to what you say, he's first, saying
1: well, VIP after yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the Rocky Mountain Wine Festival. So
6: <laughs>
3: before we set sail, Alex had the idea of a grape stomp. Right here at Liberati. And I said, okay, we're going to the... And so I I saw the opportunity. I was like, okay, we can source some Colorado grapes. Josh Nuremberg, he turned us on to
6: Garrett at Carlson. And it wouldn't have happened if we didn't met, meet Garrett. Right. And or Garrett Josh. Was, was uh, all, everything down the oh, line. Josh, for sure. But Garrett, do you remember how he brought us into that winery? How he explained all his process. How we walked the vineyards yeah. with him. And he explained to us all the varietals that he had. Wasn't that romance... It I mean, I,
8: meds, oh. you know? I, I was just trying to get rid of people so I could get back to work, really. <laughs>
3: well, no, you had a cornhole tournament that you That's had to true. defend that day. That's true, and I got
8: smoked. Did you really? Oh, so my you goodness. Had oh, did wine. you now? It was the fastest loss in anything I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> so check it out. Alex Liberati, Josh Nuremberg,
3: Brian Freeman, Growers Organic, um, uh, Garrett Portra, Carlson Vineyards, the Modern Carlson,
1: Eaters. Carlson Vineyards. Uh, did I say Carlson? Carlton, you throw a tea in there, baby. Oh, I love you. I've, I've your, you. I've got you. Why do you always correct I've, me? I've, well, because I've got your back. People I've look. got your back. They wouldn't know, but I want to give our boy over there Carlson a big shout-out. Carlton Vineyards.
3: Absolutely. And then Root Shoot and Malting, which we uh, have all of these people aligned in this project. It's coming back to brewing an own beer, an Ano beer. You could have corrected me, but you didn't, Alex, because you're a classy man. <laughs>
6: I've given up on that, honestly.
1: (laughs) I know. He's like, I'm not classy. I just
6: just try to keep you straight, baby.
1: Last
3: couple of minutes, talk to us about what we can see for the final leg of this story.
6: Well, you know what? I think that this is a start. It's not the final leg. And honestly, we will be led by the grapes. We will be led by what naturally happens. Perfectly
3: said. See you next week.